Welcome back. Bro, we Jeez. got some fire intro music. Episode Next. 29. One away from 30. But this is going to be a good one. Because starting Tuesday, July 6th, is the NBA Finals. We have made it through basically an entire season. Yes, sir. Feels great. I'm I'm so happy with the progress we've made and how we keep getting better every episode. I agree with that. I'm happy with uh, the stuff that we've been putting out and I'm looking forward to the stuff that we will continue to put out. Yes, sir. I like the optimism. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, half of this show or more, basically more than half of this show is probably going to be dedicated to Buck Sons. But before we even get into any of that, we did have a bit of new, a few bits of news um, concerning the two top seeds in each conference from this past regular season. But we'll start here with uh, some news about Ben Simmons, who's been obviously in trade talks basically this entire season. But after Philadelphia kind of underwhelmed this postseason, it, that's been heating up again. But this past Monday. It was reported by a Minnesota Timberwolves beat writer that the team is interested in trading for Simmons. Darren Wolfson of five eyewitness news in Minneapolis said, quote, I texted with someone that knows Ben Simmons incredibly well. My text said, how badly do the Wolves want to trade for Ben Simmons? This individual sent back one word, badly. So... A lot of insiders, though, they believe that the Sixers would not budge unless D'Angelo Russell, Wolves guard D'Angelo Russell, that is, is included in a deal. So if you guys were the general manager of the, the Timberwolves, would you be willing to trade D'Angelo Russell for Ben Simmons? What's your, guys, what's your opinions on this? Toby, why don't you lead us off? Okay, so... This is an interesting question as D'Angelo Russell being an ex-net player, seeing him, you know, firsthand getting, get himself into the all-star game and sort of carry the nets into the playoffs. He's probably, you know, one of my favorite players in the NBA. Now, Ben Simmons, on the other hand, I've been hating on that guy throughout the, throughout the years. I never give any respect to that guy. I mean, I understand that he's good, but I just thought that was sort of an interesting uh, little thing right there. Um, if I were the Timberwolves, I don't think I would make this trade. And I'm not trying to be like an asshole or anything, but like if if the Timberwolves do try to make this trade, I think we've already seen like Simmons and a elite big man aren't going to go too far in the playoffs. I mean, he's just played with, you know, arguably an MVP candidate. I would, I would say cat isn't as good as Embiid obviously. So I just think, well, first of all, I think this story is kind of cap. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think the Timberwolves want uh, Simmons that badly. Um, 
I could be wrong. You, you never know. Tomorrow they could have like some crazy trade that sends D'Lo to the Sixers. Uh, but if I'm the Wolves, I'm sticking it out with D'Lo for one more year. Him and Cat haven't had much playing time together anyways. So I would just try to honestly build around them two and Anthony Edwards. I feel like if they can get some good pieces, I honestly feel like they can be a playoff team. So I, I think they should just stick with what they got for now. I agree. I don't like this trade for either side. Um, you know, we D'Lo and Cat, they have great chemistry together. I don't think I don't think you want to split them up just yet because of like what Toby said. Probably haven't even played a total of thirty games together, and you know, the Timberwolves kind of struggle to score as it is. So why would you get rid of one of your top scorers for somebody who's putting up fifteen a game in Ben Simmons, and for the six from the perspective of the Sixers, they lose defense and playmaking. You know, D'Lo is a good distributor and passer, but Ben Simmons is he's just better. And you don't want to take away from Embiid and, you know, the guy who you paid max money for in Tobias Harris. You don't want to take the ball away from them by having D'Lo ISO and try and, you know, score that way. I don't I I, I think as much as I, I've kind of been on the side of Ben Simmons this year, I think I have to agree with you two that this trade would not make sense. I mean, like you guys both mentioned, they just got D'Angelo Russell and trading him away this early into this experiment would be kind of throwing away what they traded for him, which was the number seven overall pick in this year's draft. But that said, I actually do think there's a way to complete this deal without involving D'Angelo Russell. And I want to get your thoughts on that. Okay, let's hear it. So Kyle Lowry's name has constantly been thrown in theoretical trade packages all season long, leading up to the NBA trade deadline, only for him to finish the season as a Toronto Raptor. But with him being an unrestricted free agent this offseason, I think there's a potential sign and trade deal that you could have with Lowry that would benefit all three teams, that being the Sixers, the Timberwolves, and the Raptors. Toby, you meant, or I think it was either you or Justin that mentioned that the, the top three draft picks in this year's draft are pretty much locked in, as Cade Cunningham is probably going to go number one. And then the Rockets are interested in taking Jalen Green, and Cleveland at three is interested in taking Evan Mobley. So Toronto would essentially, who has the fourth pick, would have a player to replace Kyle Lowry and Jalen Suggs. That being said, I think they wouldn't have a problem trading away Kyle Lowry to the Sixers, trading um, Ben Simmons to Minnesota, and Toronto, you know, just getting some scraps, maybe some first-round picks and potentially someone like Ricky Rubio. I think a deal like that, where you don't even have to trade D'Angelo Russell, Minnesota would be getting or would be pairing Cat, D'Angelo, and Anthony Edwards with a player who basically fits their timeline and, you know, a role. You don't have to ask Ben Simmons to score at all at that point. Philly, they would be getting a veteran point guard, someone who is from Philadelphia and Kyle Lowry, 
He went to Villanova, who could probably play alongside Joel Embiid better than Ben Simmons ever has. And then the Raptors, who aren't even that bad. I think they just had an underwhelming season. Would just be essentially freeing up a place in their backcourt to put Jalen Suggs, the potential number four overall pick, as their starting point guard or starting shooting guard and draft picks. I feel like this could benefit all three teams. But what do you guys think? I mean, it's interesting. My only thing is I feel like the Sixers would kind of have a hard time because from what I understood, it's basically like a swap, getting rid of Ben Simmons and getting Kyle Lowry. Well, I'll say this then. You can throw in Malik Beasley as well and get Malik Beasley into into Philadelphia. Okay. That makes it that's a that's a that's a I mean he's probably not gonna score twenty points per game on Philly, but I mean he'll have nights where he'll get you twenty. My thing is like um Ben Simmons is still young, so as much as I've been clowning that guy, I think there still is a lot of development for him to find in the league. Um and he's only gonna fine tune what he's already good at. So I don't know. <sighs> It would be risky. It would be so like really, really risky for the Sixers to take a chance on a guy that's already kind of getting old and maybe is not as good as he used to be. But at the same time, it could also work, which is which is the weird part. So I don't know. I really I think don't know. It, I think it would work from the Sixers perspective because they're in a win now situation. Obviously Kyle Lowry is a win now type of point guard. You know, he, Kawhi got there and he was like, all right, we're winning now. So I think Kyle Lowry on the Sixers would, uh, that would be a great fit. I think it would be a good fit, but like, I don't know, just getting rid of all that progress that they made with Simmons trading for a guy who maybe has like a couple seasons with them and and then they're probably going to be looking for a new guard like i just think that's the way it's going to work well if they win then it's all worth it true true i i am not opposed to it but i do got to say three team trades are not my favorite well i I just feel like that's the only way they would be able to get it done without trading D'Angelo Russell, because I just feel like straight up, you wouldn't yeah, you wouldn't yeah. be able to pull that off. I so. wouldn't, I would not be surprised if there was a three team trade because whenever something like this comes out, somebody's like, we really want this player. Something always happens. So who knows? I do feel like, though, of all the players mentioned in this trade, like, I think Kyle Lowry is probably the most likely to get moved, like, similar to what we saw a few years ago with the Grizzlies, where John Morant went second overall, and then they're just like, well, we don't need Mike Conley anymore. Yeah, I feel like that's probably what's going to end up happening. So I feel like, but no disrespect to Lowry, but I feel like Mike Conley had a little more left in the tank than Lowry. I don't want to say, like, We'll see. Like maybe, maybe if he did go to a new environment where he's actually competing, like unlike last year, then I think he would ball out a little harder. Um, but I mean, I guess 
I guess we'll figure it out. There are have there there has been no undersized thirty-five year old point guards that have been successful, especially this true. season. True. Very true. <laughs> no, okay, but moving on, I guess. So now moving on to the number one seed in the Western Conference from this past regular season. We just talked about the Sixers. Now the Utah Jazz. Dwayne Wade, who joined the Jazz ownership group this season, reportedly has concerns about Donovan Mitchell's long-term future with the team. And Mitchell, he signed a five-year, $195 million contract extension that is set to begin this coming season. So that means Utah obviously has some leverage, like they don't have to trade him immediately. But Utah, they've only won two playoff series during Donovan Mitchell's era, which is still kind of nuts to think about. Even though, I mean, he hasn't been there for too long, but that's still kind of crazy. How much longer can Utah really keep this team together? Because they vastly underachieved this year, I think. And last year, blowing a 3-1 lead, that was a bad look. I feel like one more bad postseason, this team could look completely different. But what do you guys think? Um, I think if the Jazz do not reach the Western Conference Finals after three seasons, Donovan Mitchell needs to request a trade. He's got to get out of there because I don't know if they'll be able to keep Jordan Clarkson around because now that he's proven himself as like, you know, almost a 20 point per game scorer, he might be like, I'm trying to get a starting position. You feel me? Like he's, he might be like, I'm that guy. I need a better, I need a bigger role. So he might be up and out of here. And I feel like regardless of whether or not Jordan Clarkson gets moved or anything, the jazz need another star a starter who can get his own shot. Cause I feel like they were, their offense relies too much on plays for the shooters. And then if not give it to Donovan Mitchell and just let him ISO that's only going to get you so far as we've seen. So I think the jazz either need to make a big move or Donovan Mitchell is going to be out of there. Yeah, I think I kind of agree with that. Um, and I don't know like who that person would be. If you paired like, like if, if a Chris Middleton was on this jazz team, Literally, they would be in the finals. Like, yeah, they're beating the Clippers. They're beating whoever. Oh, oh now you like Chris Middleton? <laughs> I gotta say, Jory, that guy, that guy's earned my respect. Mm-hmm. I mean, he'll earn my respect if they win the finals, but we'll get to that later. But um, yeah, like Justin said, I think that they do need another star. I don't know if. They technically need a superstar, quote unquote, but they need another all-star that, you know, I would like to see a wing that can kind of get his own shot, maybe like a, a Paul George or something like that. Because um, I think defensively with um, having Gobert and they have capable defenders like around Gobert, that side of the ball I feel like is all figured out. Um 
<clears throat> Jordan Clarkson, he's going to be a key player that they need to keep coming off the bench. I'm not sure if he's ever going to look for like a bigger role or anything like that. Um, but they're going to need him to continue to be the type of player that he's been. And uh, I, I give them like two seasons. If I feel like if they don't make the Western conference finals in the next two seasons, then Mitchell should request a trade. And I feel like there's a good chance that he might just because he, I, I honestly feel like he gets disrespected a lot. And a lot of that I feel like is because he plays on a lower market team. Like if he was on the Celtics or something like that, I think his name would be, I feel like his name isn't as popular as Jason Tatum's and it's arguable who the better player is. So that always, you know, goes into effect in a player's decision to leave. Um, so, yeah, I think I'll give him about two seasons. If they don't make the Western Conference Finals, I think Mitchell's out of there. You know, I just I just thought about it a little bit. Just, you know, quick thought. Not even, not even a full trade, just a target that the Jazz need to go after. I think if the Jazz can peel Zach Levine away from Chicago, he would be perfect for the Utah Jazz. I, like I, I feel like that's that would be impossible. How would that be possible? Because Chicago, they, I mean, they're going all in themselves, getting Nikola Vucevic this past year, like. I would imagine they're ready to win or get back to the playoffs. I don't think they would just give up Zach Levine. I think they should. I feel like that's just a tough player to go after. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand how the Bulls would be in win now mode. I don't think that the roster that they have is even getting them to the playoffs. But if the Bulls, if the Bulls have like a shitty first half of their season, I think there's a good chance they could just sell what they have because it's not like their roster has changed crazily since the past few seasons where they failed to make the playoffs. So I feel like they might just give up on Zach Levine if they have a shitty first half of the season. Um, but obviously that's kind of off topic. So, well, here's, here's a player that I think, well, first of all, I mean, I just feel like, I honestly feel like they only have one more season to really run it back with Donovan Mitchell and Gobert, like specifically, because if they, if like they've, I mean, it's, this is year going into year five with those two and they yet to reach the Western conference finals, despite being the top seed this past year, I feel like they got to kind of just consolidate their assets similar to what the, the bucks did this past year. Like, I think they just need to invest in like more of a tier two star. I don't know if they necessarily need like an all-star, all-star. I think someone like DeMar DeRozan, who is potentially available because I think he's going to be a free agent. I don't know how they would do it, but he can play shooting guard, small forward or power forward because he did that in San Antonio. Like you said, Justin, he's a guy that can get his own shot. You know, you wouldn't necessarily have to rely on Donovan Mitchell to score all the time. You could, you know, take the burden off of Donovan Mitchell. He can play make now. Like, he's a good facilitator now, way better than he ever was in Toronto. 
And I think the biggest problem with Utah in the playoffs was when the Clippers went small, they literally had no answer. So I think having someone like DeMar DeRozan who could play small ball would just help them tremendously. So again, I don't know how impo- like how possible that would be, but I feel like they got to get rid of like Joe Ingles or like Royce O'Neal and replace like replace them with someone like that. I like that. I like that was a, that was a good that was a nice solid player. Like just not not the not a star anymore, but still capable. Like that that would be a great fit, I think. But I don't know if he would want to come to uh, Utah. Yeah, I mean, maybe not. I, again, it's, it doesn't seem like the most realistic idea, but I feel like if Utah wants to get over the hump, then they got to do something like that this offseason. They can't – if they roll out the same team as they did last year. But then again, like in the playoffs, they didn't have Mike Conley basically the entire second round. So, like, that, it'll, that alone maybe could have changed the series. But, like, I feel like if they roll out the same team as they did this past season, then – I don't think they're going to improve. I agree. I like I like their team, though. I like what they got already with uh, Ingles and Royce. But that's the problem. Like, obviously, a change has to be made somewhere. Maybe. Like you said, I don't – I think – plus, I think the Western Conference Finals is going to be even – or, sorry, the Western Conference is going to be even tougher next year. So – Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be tough. But Crazy. So many up and coming teams, teams that are just gonna be there again at the top, like you know, like the Suns, like the Lakers, like the Clippers. Plus, you got the Warriors with Clay coming back. You got the Nuggets with Jamal. Yeah, hopefully being healthy. So they gotta make some adjustments here, or else they might not even be a second round team. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah, you got the Mavericks. You also got. I feel like the Pelicans can get in there. The, the Warriors coming back. Yes, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a bloodbath. Oh, yeah. I'm excited for that. Yeah. Well, those were really just the two bits of news that I saw outside of the major thing that happened this past week. That being the NBA crowning the Eastern and Western Conference champions. But we'll start here with the Phoenix Suns for just the third time in franchise history and the first time since the 1992-93 season. The Phoenix Suns have advanced to the NBA Finals. But at every stage of this year's postseason for Phoenix, or I guess against Phoenix, their opponents have dealt with injuries that have severely hampered their team. And this is, you know, an argument I've heard time and time again This, this during their run. Do you guys think that this is, you know, less of a, less of a ring or maybe, you know, do you think it should take away from, from their run to the NBA Finals because of their road to the Finals? Yes and no. More yes than no, but yes and no. I think it should not – I think it should have an asterisk next to it. People are all saying last year the LeBron, you know, Mickey Mouse ring, it's in the bubble. This deserves more of an asterisk than that. 
they played the Lakers without Anthony Davis, who might even be better than LeBron now. Denver without Jamal, which is just Jokic and Bozos. And then Damn. The, <laughs> and then the Clippers without Kawhi, which same situation. It's Paul George and a bunch of Bozos. So I'll even bet you that if they played the Lakers with Anthony Davis in every game that they would have played, they wouldn't have won. They would not have beaten the Lakers. So that alone says they may or may not deserve to be where they are. But then again, they were the only team to stay healthy all through the playoffs for the most part. So because of that, it should not take away because of all the players getting injured, of all the teams getting affected. They stayed healthy, and it paid off. Yeah, I don't know how much I agree or disagree with that, but in my personal opinion, I don't think that these injuries should take away from what the Suns have done in the the playoffs. Um, And... Like, obviously, the series would probably be much different if some of these players were actually playing. Um, but like you said, you you got to stay healthy. You know, injuries happen. They happen even if you're, you know, doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. They just – stuff happens. So, sometimes it, you need a little luck to make the to make the finals, and the Suns got lucky right when they needed to. But I will say this, if it's a situation where they're in the finals playing against a healthy Bucks team and they get like absolutely swept, then yeah, I feel like, (laughs) I feel like it'll take away from their run a little bit just because this, this is probably the first healthy team that they're going to have to face. And I do feel like the Bucks are a very, very tough team to beat. So this is going to be like, they can go six or seven games with them, put up a a good fight. And I'll feel like, you know, there's nothing to take away from the Suns team. But if it's your first healthy team that you're playing against and you get absolutely smacked, then I think there's something to be said about that. Uh, But overall, I feel like you can't really take anything away from this team. Um, Almost everybody was downing them from the beginning. I know I was a lot. Um, I was pretty disrespectful at the beginning of the season to both teams, to be fair. But that's just because in my head, I had one team, which is right here, going against another team, which should have been in the finals. But oh my gosh. it's it's whatever. So that's that's how I'll put it. I feel like NBA fans are great at living in the moment and only living in the moment (laughs) because I feel like recency bias is really clouding the judgment of people right now. That's facts. That's facts. I think we obviously need to acknowledge that they played some hampered teams, but like you said, Justin, why we have to give them props for staying healthy themselves. Like that in it, that in it of itself is an accomplishment, you know, in a season where literally it seems like every single player has gotten hurt. They are still playing 
and basically at full strength. And like, we also need to just stop acting like teams haven't gotten lucky in the past with injuries and route to an NBA finals or a championship in general in the last 10 years alone. I'll read here's three runs two or two from the golden state warriors and one from the Miami heat to the NBA finals. So in 2013, the Miami heat played a 38 win bucks team led by Monte Ellis, who was averaging 14 points a game. Then they played the 45 win bulls without Derrick Rose or Luol Deng on the way to the finals in 2015. <clears throat> the Warriors played the 45-win Pelicans without Drew Holiday, a 55-win team, a Grizzlies team, without Mike Conley or Tony Allen, and then a 56-win Rockets team without Dwight Howard or Patrick Beverly. And then again in 2018, the Warriors played a 47-win Spurs team without Kawhi, then a Pelicans team who lost to Marcus Cousins in the middle, near the end of the season, and then, of course, everyone remembers that Rockets Warrior series where Chris Paul missed games six and seven. Like, this is not the first time a team has benefited from injuries to opposing players. And there isn't a single player in the NBA also that wants to play a team at full strength. It's just facts. Like, you will hear it from any player saying, I would much rather see them not play. Like, let's be honest. It's not going to, like, how would that just, like, they don't care if it takes away from, you know, or if they think, if, you know, they don't care what fans think if, you know, saying they think it takes away from the ring. Like, a ring is a ring at the end of the day. And and down the line, we're just going to forget that this even happened. So I feel like it's, I don't know. I That's another good point I wanted to bring up. Nobody's going to remember the fact that, like if the Suns win the finals in 20 years, they're not going to be like, Oh, but this team was injured and exactly. they didn't have these players. Exactly. They would have won. It's we're just going to see, you know, Suns win or bucks win. Cause the bucks, the bucks also faced, you know, one particular team with a couple injuries, <laughs> but. And also like the Suns in round one, Chris Paul dealt with that shoulder injury. He obviously played every game, but he was clearly Clearly not 100%. And then he also missed two games with COVID um, against the Clippers. And then Devin Booker obviously broke his nose during this postseason. So, it's, again, it's not like they've been fully healthy. And I think Cameron Payne has also missed a game for the Suns. It's not like they've been 100% either. And I think but. they won those two games against L.A. where uh, CP3 was injured, right? Yeah. So. I think it was games one and two, and they went up 2-0 in that series. So it's like, let's – I don't know. It's, but like I said, it's got to it's gotta say something. If and only if the Bucks can just come out and, you know, just sweep them or win in five and just none of the games are competitive. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but, you know, there, there's always that possibility. You know – Jory, you said you gave all those examples of teams who made it to the finals through all, you know, injury-hindered teams. I will never forget 
how the Rockets would have made it to the NBA Finals if this man Chris Paul had played. That's fact. I do not like that guy, Chris Paul. But if he was in either one of those games, the Warriors wouldn't have been there. And I will always remember that. So yeah, now I mean, everyone... that we brought to that point, I will always remember how the Suns made it, coasted to the finals because playing injury injured team. <laughs> I think everyone, it's like you remember those spotty, like everyone remembers like, oh, did the, um, did the Warriors win game five when they're up 3-1 against the, the Cavaliers if Draymond isn't suspended? Like everyone remembers that. But yeah, like they, for the most part, nobody just like nobody remembers like any other run to the finals. Like it's just I just feel like this is gonna be forgotten and it's a talking point for this season only. Sure. I look at this finals as like every few years or so, there's always a team that's gonna kind of sneak its way into the finals and it's gonna be a different matchup than what we've seen. And I kind of like the um, finals with the Heat and the Mavericks. I think that was 2006, where they're just kind of like two new teams that haven't been in it in a while, whereas you had the Spurs, the Lakers, even like the Pistons, and even like the Nets, who made it for like the past years over and over again. So this is kind of how I feel that that this series is like, and then we're going to see some teams emerge next year that might make repeated finals, maybe like the Nets or the, I don't know, who knows, maybe the Mavericks. Yeah, we'll see. But um, now we can move on to the Milwaukee Bucks on Saturday night, despite missing their superstar forward Giannis Antetokounmpo. They advanced their first NBA Finals since the 1973-74 season. But in the Eastern Conference Finals or during the Eastern Conference Finals against the Atlanta Hawks in games five and six, the games without Giannis, he hyperextended his knee. That was a pretty gruesome injury. But Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday really took over in those two games. Chris Middleton averaged 29 points, 8.5 rebounds, and 7.5 assists, and 2.5 steals per game, while Drew Holiday averaged 26 points, 7.5 rebounds, 11 assists, and 2.5 steals per game as well. Do you guys think that Milwaukee's secondary and tertiary stars, their confidence is going to boil over into the NBA Finals, even if Giannis is ready to go? Or do you think this was kind of just a fluky thing? Giannis isn't there and they just stepped up. I wouldn't say it's a fluke, but I'm not going to expect them to go out there and average what they have been averaging, especially um, when they're playing on the road. And maybe I've been a little too critical of Middleton and Holiday, but from what I've seen, at least in the net series, they just weren't the same players on the road. And, you know, they were getting open shots. They just weren't knocking them down. So I do fear that that might repeat itself again when they're playing against the Suns. Um, And also the fact that they're usually a bit slow within the first couple games um, of each series that I've seen at least. So 
I think I think they can. I think they're going to have enough confidence that, you know, enough self-belief in their abilities that they can, you know, do what they've done throughout the whole entire playoffs. So, um, I mean, I think the Bucks are going to win. I don't know if we're going to get to predictions next, but, um, yeah, I think we can expect big things out of these players now. I will say I think the series is going to be a lot lower scoring. I think both of these teams have two elite of defenses, and it's going to be hard on every every player, even Booker, even Middleton, Giannis. So it's going to be a grit and grind series, I feel like. But, yeah, Middleton and Holiday, they're going to do their thing. I agree with Toby. I think, you know, very low scoring. There's going to be a lot of – as much as I don't like to see it, I feel like there's going to be a lot of drawn-up plays, a lot of that type of action. Um, don't like drawn-up plays. I think, I think, yeah, I think the Bucks. everybody, even Brooke Lopez, everybody's going to carry it over. I don't think Giannis will stop the flow of the offense. I think Giannis might even, you know, help these guys out, drawing attention down low. Um. Yeah, I think, I think the Bucks got this one in the bag. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into, we'll talk about predictions next, but like more concrete predictions. But yeah, I mean, I mean, not only did Middleton and Holiday ball out without Giannis, but Brooke Lopez, like you mentioned, he had a playoff career high thirty three points in Game Five, <laughs> and then Bobby Portis who had 22 points, which was a uh, playoff career high as well. I mean, yeah, it's like, I feel like we'll see if Giannis even plays. I mean, we'll get into that. I mean, I have, I guess, something to say about that a little bit later. But, like, even if he's a little hampered, like, I would imagine these guys are going to take more shots than they're normally than they normally do. You know, take the burden off Giannis because he's obviously probably not going to be at 100%, even if he is out there. But prediction time, I guess concrete prediction time. This is a pretty historic series, I have to say, because not only are there no more players remaining in this year's postseason with a championship ring, only Jay Crowder has NBA Finals experience. Uh, last year, obviously, he played with the Miami Heat, played six games. Six games is the second fewest combined amount of NBA Finals experience between two teams playing in an NBA Finals series in league history. Only wow. the 1977 NBA Finals between the Sixers and Trailblazers has less. So, again, two teams that have basically have no players playing at this stage, going at it, competing for their, for everyone's first championship. So it's going to be a pretty crazy series, but I mean, overall, what are your guys' predictions? How many games do you think it's going to go? And who do you think uh, in that? Well, at the end, you know, who do you think is going to take home finals MVP? I'll give you the most detailed breakdown you can get. Bucks will win in seven, but the Suns will win games one and two at home. 
Bucks will rebound and come back and win games three and four at home in Milwaukee. Suns win game five, and then the Bucks will win two straight to close out the series in Phoenix. And Sir Giannis Antetokounmpo will win finals MVP. That seems very, very unrealistic, but we'll see. I guarantee it happens. I guarantee. I can, I can see that happening. I, I can mean, honestly. It's just, it's just generally when a series is tied two-two, and whoever wins Game Five generally goes on to win the series. That's that's why I feel like Bucks. If they go down three-two, it would be tough for them to come back. I mean, that's what I was hoping for the Nets series, but obviously it didn't work out like that. <laughs> so I think if the if the Bucks can do it against the Nets, then they could do it against the Suns. But I'm gonna go even further i'm gonna say the bucks can steal a game at home either in game one or two i mean on the road um i want to say i'm gonna say bucks and six i want to see them win a chip in milwaukee um now everything changes obviously if Giannis isn't playing but if Giannis can play all like every game in that series, then I'm saying Bucks and six, and just they're just not gonna they're just not gonna quit. They're not gonna quit. They've I feel like one thing that they have that the Suns don't is they've have come back from um deficits. Right, the they've come back from being down in a series. Not only that, like that is going to bring a lot of confidence to a team, but they also have a lot of playoff experience in the past where this Suns team basically has zero. Um, and obviously that hasn't seemed to make a difference for the Suns, but I think with, with that experience, um, they're going to lose game one, but there's a real shot, I think, that they can win game two just because after they sort of figure out the team that they're playing, I feel like they're really good at just putting the foot on the neck and just getting the job done. Um, so I'm going to say Bucks and six. I'm going to say Giannis MVP. And I think there's a good shot that Middleton could win it because Middleton. I, yes, sir. It's going to be, it's going to be Giannis versus Aiton in the, in the paint a lot of the time. So it's going to be real tough on Giannis. I feel like this series and Middleton, he sort of has the ability where he can go off. Now they're going to probably put bridges on him. I can imagine. So either way, it's going to be tough. Like I said, it's going to be a grit and grind series, but I'm going to stick with Giannis as MVP. And uh, yeah, that's how I feel. I'm kind of shocked that neither of you picked the Suns. I'm not. I made you guys believers, I guess. But in all seriousness, I feel like what I should start with is the Giannis factor because, again, we don't even know if this guy is going to be playing. Game one of the NBA Finals is scheduled for Tuesday, as I mentioned at the top of the show. But a potential game seven between the Bucks and Hawks would have been played on Monday – if that series obviously had gone seven games, it didn't, it went six. And a day before that game, 
Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports tweeted, quote, there's belief that Buck star Giannis Antetokounmpo would be given the green light for a potential game seven if the Hawks avoid elimination in game six. So the Bucks essentially were saying, you know, if it's an elimination game in game seven, Giannis, you're going to have to get out there. And that was also a day, you know, earlier than what game one is of the NBA finals. So I'm kind of, I'll be shocked if he's not ready to go on Tuesday for game one, but I also don't think he's going to be at a hundred percent because you just don't heal from a hyperextended knee like that quickly. But um, Toby, you mentioned this defense. These are literally the two best defensive teams in the in NBA right now. The stats speak for themselves. They have the first and second best defensive ratings in this year's playoffs. They are first and second in defensive rebounding. They've allowed Phoenix has allowed the third fewest points off turnovers while Milwaukee has allowed the fewest points in the paint. Mm. They rank first and second in opponent field goal percentage in the restricted area, basically just at the rim. Phoenix ranks first in opponent effective field goal percentage from shots outside the paint and Milwaukee ranks first in opponent free throw rate. So they essentially just allow the least amount of, or they foul the least out of anyone. You know, they don't, they play defense without fouling, which is obviously a very important aspect of defense. So in a league that has become very offensive oriented, you know, with teams like your Nets, Toby, um, like the Clippers who were a really good offensive team, like the jazz, the two best defensive teams were the ones that made it the furthest this year, which is pretty funny. But with you guys taking chips, I mean, with you guys taking the Bucks, I want to pick the Suns, but I just feel like since I've been riding with the Bucks all season long, I just can't go against them right now. It would be, I just can't do it. So I'm going to say Bucks and six, but I mean, my reasoning is we mentioned this a little bit earlier. Like the Bucks, this Bucks team is probably the best team that the Suns have faced all all postseason, just given that they are gonna be at full strength most, most likely. But I feel like I've heard this a lot. Oh, also, during the regular season, the Bucks lost both games against the Suns, but they only lost by one point each time. Damn. It's pretty crazy. And Drew Holiday will miss the first game uh, of those two. But a lot of people are saying this series is going to suck. I I just dis- I couldn't disagree more. Mm-hmm. Because you have two Hall of Famers in Giannis, who I think is a lock for the Hall of Fame already, and CP3 competing in their first NBA Finals and for their first championships, and then supporting casts who really – are similar in a sense, but couldn't be are also different because you have one with the Suns who are just full of players. Basically, this is just their first postseason ever. They're all young, young guys, hungry, led by someone like Chris Paul. And then the other side, the Bucks, you have a bunch of veterans, like literally everyone is older than Giannis, essentially. I mean, it's just like this. I feel like this series is going to be this could be an all time series. I really do think it could. I might. Be. I might have to agree with that. I also think it might be one of those series that just, even if it is really good, might just get forgotten about 
um, because by casual not- fans. I don't want to say by like fans like <laughs> us, but by casuals. Um, but yeah, I think this is going to be a very, very competitive series. We might even see a few fights. We might see, uh, who knows? We might see some elbows. I don't know. But I'm I'm really looking forward to this series. It's just- I would not be surprised. Sorry to cut you off, Jory. Just some short. I would not be surprised if we saw multiple ejections. I would not be surprised <laughs> at all. We saw flagrant twos. If we saw double texts, I'm ready for all of it. I'm ready for all of it. That guy, PJ Tucker, he's going to be fouling the shit out of everybody. <laughs> we haven't seen, I feel like, I mean, maybe I'm just forgetting, but like, I feel like we haven't seen a really evenly matchup in the NBA finals in like quite some time. Like, for the most part, it's generally one sided. Like last year, it seemed like everyone thought the Lakers were going to win. All those years before that, it was the Warriors with Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. Before that, it was the Miami Heat almost every year. Like, it felt like it's just, like, you you kind of knew who the favorite was going in. I feel like this year, it's, like, there's so many factors that it's just so hard to pick. And, like, I say Bucks in six, but if the Suns win this series in, like, five games somehow, I wouldn't even be surprised. Like, if Chris Paul just comes out and just – says i'm getting a ring i don't care who's 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 getting in the way i'm getting this ring i don't think that's happening i mean i like i like cp but at this age i don't think he has the capability to just don't say that i just watched him score 41 points in a game six against the clippers i'm not okay trying to hear i'm not trying to hear he doesn't have the facilities for that (laughs) i don't know i don't know against the bucks the bucks are a whole different team though so that guy, Drew Holiday, is going to lock up CP3. I promise you. Dude, I, I'm, I'm interested. I'm, I think the most interesting matchup, though, is Middleton versus Booker. Because those two are just bucket getters. And, and they might be defending each other. So that could, so? Be fun, that could be a fun I, matchup. I mean, who's going to defend them? I think the Bucks win every matchup. I think really, really. I, I don't know about that. The only the only matchup that the Suns have is Aiton over Brook. Nah, CP3 is is is. I'm taking. He's CP3. gonna get. He's gonna get neutralized. He's gonna him and him and him and Holiday are gonna. You don't think the, you think Holiday. Booker? You don't think Booker over Middleton? Uh, maybe I I think if that's the matchup where. If Devin Booker has to guard Middleton, I think Middleton will expose Booker. But I, I think it's the other way around. I feel like Booker's going to expose Middleton. I think so. I think Middleton's too good of a defender to get completely exposed. Yeah, Devin Booker will put up 25-30, but he might do that once or twice in this whole series. I think Middleton – I feel like Middleton's only going <laughs> to do that a couple times at most. Dude, if That's all he needs to do is Giannis. Giannis is going to do it every night. No. Nah. If Chris Middleton wins finals MVP. I'll buy his jersey. Yeah. All right. You got to do I'll it. I'll buy his jersey. I'll, I'll buy, his, buy jersey. his jersey too. I'll double down on that. All right. Because I mean, it's, it's a long shot, but hey. I've been mad disrespectful to that guy. Exactly. Exactly. I said, I did say, not to throw any dirt on my name or whatever, but I did say that 
the Bucks can't win with him as their second best player. So I think I might have been right <laughs> there. So. That would be the greatest thing ever, dude. Haven't done it yet, though. <laughs> they haven't done it yet, though. So we'll see. Well, yeah, I mean, they're close. They're right there. Well, this is going to be a fun series, though. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. I, yeah, I agree. And Jory, you mentioned that this is a historic series. I also did read a stat, a sad stat. Um, this is the first finals since 1983 that one of Shaq's teammates isn't playing in. It could yeah. it could have happened if Rondo. If Rondo was there with the Clippers, but oh my god, it wasn't meant to be. So it's a long streak. 1983. Yeah, to 2020. That's really weird. That's a weird stat. How do you even find that? I. How do you even? They've been keeping track of it. I keep. I see it every year on Instagram. Every around the finals, it's always the streak continues. Shaq has this guy as one of the finals. <laughs> Because, I mean, he had Danny Green. He obviously had LeBron. Um, he just had so many great teammates. So, Yeah, you really just forget. Well, damn. Well, damn. Well, again, Tuesday is the start of the end. Tuesday's the day. By this time next week, uh, I have to look at the schedule again. I think we'll probably be through at least, I want to say four games, maybe three games. We'll see. But we'll, we'll know a lot more next week about what's going on with this series by the time we're talking. I can't believe one of these teams is actually going to get a ring. It's kind of weird to think about. because Really, really, really hope Chris Paul doesn't get out of this with a ring. If you, if you had told me that it was going to be these two teams playing each other in the finals, I don't know how I could have ever believed Anybody? I think if I think I'll say okay if you guys if you guys are getting a Chris Middleton jersey since I picked the Bucks if the Suns win and Chris Paul wins Finals MVP I'll get his jersey. No, I don't okay. want. I want the. I want you. But I just want a Chris no, Paul no, jersey. That, though, see, I like I'm it. not gonna let that. You you need to <laughs> okay. buy a Devin Booker jersey if he Finals MVP. Why you? You and win. Spencer were hating on that guy. No, he can he can do it. No, he can no, definitely no, do it, Jory. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not hating no, on Devin okay. Booker. I'm that's, just saying he's not Kobe Bryant, which is a completely different. Okay, but thing. if you do, the topic. If you do get a day. jersey, it's got to be one of those black, the Valley jerseys. Because after oh, yeah, all, we are course. the Valley boys, so it's uh, only right. Yeah, we're the we're the OGs. They don't know nothing about but, the Valley. I, I, Toby, you might remember because I texted you about it. These, this man, Jory, and the other man, Spencer. What are you about to say? They, <laughs> they, they believe that Ja Morant is closer to prime D Rose than Devin Booker is to Kobe. Oh, um, I feel like you, I feel like, like, um, I, I don't even want to have this conversation. <laughs> Okay, we don't have to. We don't have to. Let's hear it in the comments. I want the viewers to decide. In the comments, yes. Yeah, in the comments. Yeah, I definitely have an opinion on that, but I don't know if I should share it. Topic for another time. Another another. That day. might be an, an off-season topic when we don't got none. Yeah. Uh, I take. Right. Sorry to interrupt you, but I take what I said back. Oh. I'm not getting a 
Middleton jersey. Oh, you already said it. You have to. It's, it's no, already. You have, it's, you have it's already. Just hate. It's, yeah, I just it's already hate, on the record. I just no, hate their jerseys, late. dude. Their jerseys are not sick. Like, Get the one. The one that they have. I want to. I'll get the Cream City one. Oh. <laughs> Too late, Toby. You already said okay. it. I did say it. So I'll turn it back now. You have. All right. Well, any last words? Um, Nets and four in 2022. Uh, Chris Middleton, I'm sorry for disrespecting you. Sorry for. for putting putting you down all right i don't got anything oh yeah happy fourth of july oh yes happy fourth of july all right until next week we'll see you from myself jory mickens and my two co-hosts justin sadovi and chris tobias Thank you so much for listening to that episode of the Full Court Report NBA show. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Full C Report, on Instagram at the.fullcourt.report. Like and comment on this video and subscribe so you never miss a minute of action.